Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today is our Mother's Day special 2016 and we have a great gal to be sharing with us today. Cindy McMenamin is the author of 10 Secrets of Becoming a Worry-Free Mom, and that's our show today, How to Become a Worry-Free Mom. During the next hour, you are going to discover the root cause of worry, the three main reasons why you've got to let it go, the ABCs of surrender, an acronym for the word PRAY that will help you be a peaceful parent, how to deal with worrisome what-ifs, the four-step response to why this situations, how to survive the winds of change without worry, how to move from a worrier to warrior, and a reasonable plan to replace worry. Our guest today, Cindy McMenamin, again, is the author of 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom. She's an award-winning writer and national speaker. She's the author of several books, and as a Bible study teacher, her passion is to help women grow closer to God and find complete fulfillment in Him alone. And her website is strengthforthesoul.com. Welcome to you, Cindy. Thank you, Marnie. Good to be talking with you. Well, and I'm so excited to have you here, and I just love your book. I remember uh, being a very worried mom, and of course, uh, my kids are now grown and adults, uh, but Mm -hmm. I remember being uh, a worried mom at times, and then I read, um, I was reading Stormy O'Mardian's book on how to pray for your children, and Mm -hmm. she actually shared in there that she used to be quite a worrier, but then she recognized that whenever she was worrying, that it was just Jesus knocking on her heart's door saying, can I talk to you about this from my perspective? And it was really a call to prayer, really a call for her to, to say, oh, this is a great time to pray for my kids. <laughs> so she, she helped me redefine worry as opportunity. And boy, did that change my life. So as I was going through your book, I had the backdrop of that training on, and you just go into even more detail, more stories, more specifics of how we can move from being a worrier to being a truster, to being a warrior uh, for our children. So I'm so excited to go here, and I'm wondering if you will start us off with where does worry come from anyway? What is the root cause? The root causes of worry, you know, sometimes we're worried because we feel that um, we just didn't uh, get the proper parenting that we needed. We can tend to worry because um, maybe we didn't have a good relationship with our own mom or we didn't feel parented or nurtured and we think, I don't have a good enough example. We might also um, feel that we're, um, we, we can struggle with worry just because we don't, uh, we might have a child that's, that's high need or um, our behavioral uh, problems, and we can tend to think, oh no, you know, I, I don't know how to handle this, when God knew exactly what he was giving us. We can also tend to worry because of what other people might say about our parenting, and, um, and that can really, uh, that can distress us, that can make us feel insecure. We can think, am I really a bad mom? And that can really stress us out. And, you know, Marnie, stress is bad for our health. It can cause ulcers. Um, And when we worry that much, it can just really push our children away and make them not want to tell us as much because they know mom's a worrier. And and then, of course, we're modeling mistrust to our children as well. So there's lots of components that can go into why we worry, but then uh, there's just equally as many reasons why we need to let that worry go. 
Hmm. Well, it seems like on all of those things that you were talking about where where he comes from, it seems like they're all based in a sense of insufficiency or insecurity. And yes. and I think that that's where God wants us to live as far as recognizing that we are not all sufficient, that we are mm-hmm. not uh, fully in control of every situation. And so once again, those feelings will surface, but then it's what we do with them, which is what right. you spend the whole book t- teaching us what to do with when we recognize our reality is that uh, we're not big enough to solve all of our kids' problems. Exactly. And we tend to think that worry is an indication of how much we love and care for our children, but actually it's an indication of how little we know God because the more Mm. we get to know him and how capable he is and how he is the perfect parent, the more we will trust him and be able to let go of some of these concerns and do like you learned years ago to just give it to the Lord in prayer and talk to him about it. Hmm. Well, worry is such a great trap that we can fall into because, like you said, it is really stressful to worry. Um, you actually had a statistic in here, the May 2014 Barner Research Report mm-hmm. of American moms are stressed, tired, overcommitted, and not sure how best to navigate work and family. While most moms with kids at home say they are satisfied with their family life, that's 61% of them, for many, it's also the greatest source of stress. Mm-hmm. In addition, moms are nearly twice as likely as women without kids to become stressed to the point of physical illness and worry plays a big part in that. I can't agree more with that. I think that worry is defined by a lot of moms. In fact, I hear moms say to me, but that's my job. I'm Uh the mom. And that's a lie. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. They believe it's inevitable. You know, how can, in fact, um, as I began to promote this book when it came out, uh, several Mom said to me, is that possible to actually be a worry-free mom? Exactly. Absolutely it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because where is the upside of worry? Where is it that worry is really helpful? Where can we find a place in the Bible that it says, be sure to worry? (laughs) It's wasted energy. (laughs) It it is misdirected love. It is misdirected Mm -hmm. love. And God wants that love all for himself and all to be poured out on your kids, not to be spent worrying about them. So yeah, I just love that. You actually have an ABC of surrender. Will you share that with us? Yes, and I called it ABCs, not because it's so simple, but it's easier to remember that way. And the A is admit you do not have control over your child's life. We tend to think when they're babies that we can completely control their environment, what they eat. As they grow older, we think, well, we can control who they hang out with and what they watch on TV and where they'll be. But eventually, we will not be able to control all of that. And ultimately, we, we can't control their health and what happens and how they respond. And so early on, we need to just give up that quest for control and, and literally say out loud, I am not in control of my child's life. God is. I think that's that first step. I just... I just think that there is so much freedom in this mm-hmm. position of recognizing that no matter how great we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter right. how sincere we are, no matter how much sleep we lose, there mm-hmm. is no possible way that we're going to protect our children as well as God can. Exactly. And I remember my youth pastor telling me when, uh, when I first uh, had Dana, and he said, 
you know, God was the perfect parent and Adam and Eve still sinned. Because at that <laughs> point I was worried, what if I do something wrong? What about my dysfunction? What about all of this? Right. And I thought, right. yes, even if I do everything right, that child will still make decisions on her own. She still has a choice. She will still be her own person. And I can't wrap myself up in that whole thing of everything's my fault and I must control everything. Right. Absolutely. So, so important. That's just so critical. Okay, what's the B? The B is believe God wants only the best for you and your child. Sometimes we think, well, if I just leave it in God's hands, God might, uh, he might ask something of me or my child, or, or what if God does something that, that I don't approve of as if we had any say in it anyway. But when we really, truly believe God is who he is, he is good, he is loving, he is righteous, he is just, and he loves our kids even more than we do, then we can again, have that freedom to place them in his hands and say, okay, God, you know it's not only temporarily best, but eternally best for my child. Mm, so true. I love Hebrews eleven six. In order to please God, you must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently right. seek him. And you know what? I think as parents, because the Bible is full of horrific stories, it really is. And so as parents, we're scared that God is going to turn our life or one of our kids' lives into a horrific story. But the reality is, that those stories all had good come out of them, and, and God walked those exactly. people through those situations, and it was good in the end. And we have to trust God that much, but that, takes, that actually takes a lot of faith, and sometimes worrying is just easier. Right, and in my book, I share some of those stories. Um, Joseph and Moses, some of these kids should have been extremely dysfunctional with a lot of emotional baggage, <laughs> yes, and God sure. used them in a mighty way. Right, And right. that's because... He only wants the best for our kids, so we trust him with everything that he allows. I love that. What is the C? The C is commit yourself to a deeper knowledge of God. I strongly believe that the extent of our worry is directly related to how well we know God. And I don't think our worrying is related to how well we trust God, but how well we know God because that's where it starts. Because, again, when we know him, we will trust him. And... Um, in James, we're told that perfect love casts out fear. When we love God perfectly, we will trust him immensely. And where there is perfect trust, there's no room for fear. And so as we commit ourselves to a deeper knowledge of God, that just means spending time with him in his word, getting to know his word and his character, and spending time with him in prayer, and taking Philippians 4, 6 literally, which in the New Living Translation says, worry about nothing Instead, pray about everything. Mm. With thanksgiving, giving our requests to God, and then it says we'll get that peace. So committing ourselves to a deeper knowledge of God is going to help us on that journey toward trusting him in every aspect of our, our lives, especially with what's closest to us, which is our children. Mm, that's awesome. Before we go to our first break, Cindy, maybe just tell us a little bit about your family. I'm assuming you are a mom. <laughs> so yes, maybe, just, maybe just tell us a little bit about your family. I have, uh, well, I've been married to Hugh. Hugh is a former pastor. We've been married almost 28 years now. And we have one daughter. And I think perhaps because when she was about uh, two years old, we realized she'd be the only one we could ever have. That can tend, mm -hmm. to, tend to make you worry even more. Well, this is all I've got, and I'll, I'll never get another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, so one child, but, um, and, and 
a mind of her own at times, as they all have. And I remember praying at one point, Lord, don't give me any more. Um, if this is what all you know that I can handle, if this is going to take all that I can to, to raise her right. But, you know, God was faithful. And she wasn't a difficult child to raise. But I think I struggled with a lot of things that, that other moms struggle with. We had a close, few close calls medically with her and um, situations where I really had to come face to face with, is he God and is he good and does he know what he's doing? And he did. We live in Southern California. And my daughter just graduated from California Baptist University a few years ago, and now she works for the Walt Disney Company and loves her job and mm. still commutes from home. She commutes about an hour and a half, so awesome. we get to see her as much as we'd like, but she, she's kind of ready to move out. So oh, That's so fun. That's so fun. Well, this is Marnie Svedberg. We're visiting today with Cindy McMenamin of the website strengthforthesoul.com, talking about her wonderful book, 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom. We'll be right back. Are you spending too much time at Twitter or frittering away your day at Facebook? Maybe you think you should get involved in social networking, but just don't know how. Either way, my sane social networking principles can help you, just like they help me to be able to interact with my thousands of followers at several different sites in just 15 minutes a day. Check it out at Marnie.com. Sane social networking success in 15 minutes a day. Welcome back. It's so great to have you with us today, and we're talking about how to become a worry-free mom with author Cindy McManaman of strengthforthesoul.com. And we were talking before break about the ABCs of trusting God, which is admit your lack of control, believe God wants only the best for you and your child, and commit to a deeper relationship with God. And I was thinking about, um, we just did a Bible study expo a couple weeks ago here, and I was thinking about one of the authors, um, the author of the book Bronner, um, Sherry Burgess, and how you know they lost their little guy um, just instantly, and another gal that had been on the expo years ago, uh, Deb Watson, had written the book Kiss Goodbye, and that was about her daughter who was rollerblading as a young adult and was hit and killed instantly. And, you know, we really don't have any guarantees. And, and I always like to think um, that, you know, our worry is um, called for. It's not like there aren't things that trigger worry. And that should trigger concern and worry in us. So having the emotion of worry is not really the problem. The problem is when we begin to worship the worry instead of worshiping the God who can really help. Cindy, when did you begin to release the worry and begin to trust more? I think it happened when my daughter was 18 months old and she woke up uh, one morning, she was, you know, a toddler, and, and toddlers fall down and they get bruises. And I noticed she had a few unexplained bruises on her body, but I put her down for a nap. And after a nap, she had a brand new fresh bruise on her forehead, and I knew mm. something was wrong. Mm. And I called her pediatrician. Uh, he said, I need to see her right away. We ended up taking her to the hospital because her blood platelet level had dropped extremely low. And her doctor said, she needs to see the best uh, blood specialist in the country and have a bone marrow um, test. And I had worked for a newspaper before and I had done stories on bone marrow donors and I knew bone marrow meant either cancer or leukemia. And as we are driving to the hospital, um, prepared to admit her and stay with her for about a week, the doctor said, don't let her bump her head. She could go into a coma if she bumps her head. I mean, there's all of this instantly. And I remember in that moment thinking, okay, 
all your life, Cindy, you have trusted that God is God. But this is the moment where you really have to decide, is he God? Does he know what's going on? Did this take him by surprise? Or mm. is he not? And it's, 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 like, it's like God was saying, this is the true test. Do you really trust me? And when I look back at that situation, Marnie, it wasn't so much, oh, this is a scary, we might lose Dana. It was like, this is a test. I must pass. Mm-hmm. And there was this incredible peace throughout it. And um, I think it, it, it comes from years of, of reading the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, and then needing to grab onto that when you need it. And so, yes, I was concerned about her, but the knowledge that God is bigger and he had it in control was bigger than that. And I've talked with moms who have gone through far worse than I did because Dana ended up perfectly fine. She had a complete recovery. She had a a rare disease called ITP that she recovered from immediately. But um, I've I've talked with moms who, who deal with cancer with their children and losing their children and like those situations that you just mentioned. And they have told me of that incredible peace that gets them through. And, and it's something that we can't really understand until we're there. But I believe that trust relationship with God starts way before we get there. And knowing that he's going to be there and he already knows what's coming so he can get us through. And why would I want to worry and stress and make myself sick over that when there was nothing, there was literally nothing I could do during that right. time? right. Right. You know, Sherry Burgess, when she's talking about Bronner's death, and then God just gave this peace. And of course, there was grief. Of course, she just walked through this incredible valley of the shadow of death. But at the, um, at the funeral, she said when she was worshiping, her arms just went straight up in the air. And she truly, for a few moments, forgot where she was or what was even going on because she was so enthralled with the presence of God. And I often say that one of the biggest Um, things that stands between us and our faith in God is that sense of irresponsibility. Like someone might not understand how you can be calm right now. Someone may not understand how she could worship with joy right in that moment as they're burying her child. And we have this external pressure to behave in a worrisome way as a mom. But that is not what God calls us to. And actually, that's one of the defining differences between a child of God and an unbeliever. We have hope. We have help. We have a comforter. We have a counselor. We have legitimate help in that moment that someone who doesn't know Jesus doesn't have. You have a beautiful acronym for the word PRAY. Will you share that with us? Sure. The first, uh, the P in the letter in the word PRAY, pray to commune with God, not to get what you want. Sometimes (laughs) we pray only when we really need something. Um, I know people that, you know, when, when tragedy strikes, they say, will you pray with, for me because I haven't prayed in years. God wants the relationship with us. And when we're in a constant state of communication to, to foster that relationship, to get to know God, to trust him, to let him into our day, um, God knows everything that's going on in our lives. So when we tell him, we're not informing him of anything, <laughs> right. but we are assuring him and us that he's the most important one in our life. And as we begin to talk with him and that prayer becomes natural, we have that relationship with him, that everyday mm-hmm. relationship in which communication and trust is something that's familiar to us. And so worry isn't the first thing that comes to our mind. Talking to God about it is. So you know, pray I, to come uh, in with it. I love how you said earlier on that 
in that moment where you realized this was a test, that mm-hmm. you already had that relationship in place. And mm-hmm. so you were able to walk through that test with God instead of trying yeah. to find him at that moment. <laughs> you right. were wondering instead, where he was. <laughs> instead of going, does God even know who I am? Is right. he mad at me for something? Right. Yeah. Exactly. right. Love it. Pray to commune instead of get what you want. Yeah, what's the R? The R is reach out for help. Uh, moms aren't meant to go through this journey alone, and there are so many other moms around us who can help guide us through. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's principles in the Bible about having mentors, older moms who can teach us to love our husbands and children. Why do we need someone to help teach us to love our husbands and children? Because sometimes it doesn't come naturally. Sometimes we are so fed up with our kids that we just want to get away from them, and we need that uh, biblical guidance and counsel and just wisdom from women who have gone before us. In my book, I give a whole um, list of ways that you can surround yourself with other moms and reach out for help. Um, There are moms in prayer groups at so many public and private schools. Um, There's mothers of preschoolers, mops groups, and I'm finding more churches that have moms of all ages groups because they realize once your child is out of preschool, you still need that support around you. Hmm. Um, you know, getting together with another mom and praying weekly for your child or grabbing hold of 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom or another book on uh, the power of praying for your children and, and meeting with other moms and reading through a chapter and praying each week for your kids. That can um, give us that sense of community. And boy, moms who have been through a stage that we haven't yet with our kids, hmm. their, their helpfulness, their guidance, they're saying, oh, that's normal and you'll get through it, is really helpful at times. So we don't think we're the only ones struggling with something. Mm, That's great. That's great. And then A is for ask. Yes. Ask God for wisdom. And I I put in my book, not necessarily the answers. Again, um, God doesn't want us to come before him demanding answers. God wants us to see that he is the answer. And um, in the book of James, James 1.5, we are told, if any of you lacks wisdom, and, and that's all of us at times, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And I love that verse because it says that, for one thing, God is generous with the wisdom. He isn't yeah. stingy with it. And he gives to all, so there's no prerequisite there without finding fault. In other words, God's not going to say, you know, you asked for wisdom before and I gave it to you, but you didn't really use it, so I'm just going to hold on to it this time. So uh, since you're not going to use it anyway, God's (laughs) not going to find fault or remind us of the things that we did foolishly. He's going to give generously. And, um, you know, sometimes I just send up a missile prayer, God, I need wisdom to know what to do in this moment, to know when to speak and when to be silent and how to respond, and, and God is faithful in giving that wisdom. Mm, that's so true. And then the why is, again, back to um, what we were talking about with the ABCs. It's yearn, yearn for a closer walk with God. What have you come to believe, Cindy, is the most powerful tool in your life for getting closer to God? I have found that daily communing with him and developing a love for his word I think is where it's at. And, you know, sometimes that sounds like, I remember people saying, yeah, how do you find time every day? If, if I'm not in the Word of God every day, I am a mess. Because the world can, in, in our philosophies, in our own fears and doubts, can just 
control our minds and emotions. And when I start, even in the Psalms, starting with praise or thanking God and just realizing um, because of him, I have the air to breathe. Because of him, I have my health. Because of him, I have my, my children. And sometimes when we're not feeling like we want to be in the relationship or we have time for the relationship or other things seem more important, just sending out those little missile prayers, God, give me a heart for you. God, give me a love for your word. God, remind me that my relationship with you is most important today. And again, God is faithful to answer those prayers that please his heart. He's the one that helps us have that relationship with him. I think he's the one that stirs that desire in us, but we have to be disciplined to kind of get there. And um, in some of my books, I talk about how meeting with God every day might at first seem like obligation, but as you go and as you meet with him, eventually we meet out of inspiration because Mm -hmm. we find that coming to his word just nourishes our soul. And um, again, we don't originally come to get something, but God is so faithful in giving us that peace, giving us that comfort, giving us joy when we're in right relationship with him. And I like the journey, too, that, you know, sometimes we actually do come to God to get stuff. I mean, that's yes, kind of like, <laughs> he just recognizes, you know, in some areas of your life, you're just a toddler, and you just want yes. what you want when you want it, and you just come to me saying, give me, give me, give me. Yes, and, yes. you know, God's just cool with all the different stages of development that we go yes. through, so I think don't even beat yourself up about it. But exactly. at the same time, um, I remember when my kids were little, and I kept getting up earlier and earlier to try to have quiet time with God, and it didn't matter when my second child was born she would wake up if I would wake up early she would just wake up with me she, I couldn't right. get away with anything I couldn't get it I could and I became really agitated and frustrated right. with that it made me made me upset that I couldn't ever have time alone with God and so what he showed me was that for me I just needed to take the top 10 and how I defined that at the time was just the first 10 minutes of the day that I had to myself. And whether that was when they laid down for a nap in the afternoon or maybe they were happily playing uh, together or whatever, the first top 10 minutes that I had that were really, truly mine, I would give to God. And then after that, I could just let it be. And what I found was that sometimes it was, you know, two minutes and then I had to get up and go. Or sometimes it was two hours and I could just spend that time with Jesus. And the reality was that I longed for those times. It wasn't something I was doing out of obligation. It was something that I missed and I longed. And what you said is so true. And then I just, I just love memorizing verses too. For me, that is such a wonderful way during my busy day. I just have one in my pocket and I have it, you know, on my dash and I have it in my kitchen and I have these verses all over. And the meditation that happens as you memorize a verse is such a beautiful thing. And it allows me to just meditate even in a busy day on Jesus. I just am, I just started right now memorizing Isaiah 40, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. I mean, that's the beginning of that chapter. I mean, just think I get to just say that over and over. Comfort, comfort. That's such a beautiful word. And I just have been having fun today just saying that word, comfort. Um, So, you know, there's just so many ways to get close to Jesus. And it doesn't always necessarily mean that you have a full hour to sit down with your Bible study and do it. It's just time with Jesus. And that's what matters so much. You actually uh, talk about something. uh, We have two things. And in this segment, we want to talk about the what if. And then in the next segment, we'll talk about the why this. But the what ifs of being a mom, we've got a lot of what ifs. So maybe mm-hmm. give me a couple examples of what if statements. What if my child gets hurt? 
what if my child is do some, doing something right now that I don't know about? What if my teenager is lying to me? What if I'm not being a good mom? What if uh, they're being exposed to something that I'm not aware of? What if I can't handle this situation? Um, those what ifs can get into our mind and they can take us to a million different scenarios when in fact something, the only truth of that matter might be your child is outside your presence. And <laughs> when fear takes over, that can be debilitating to some moms. I've seen moms, some moms completely stress out simply because they haven't been able to, you know, I haven't heard from my, my son in an hour. I've been trying to text him. Well, he might be in class. It is a school day. You know, I mean, there, there are... Uh, there are reasons sometimes, but to immediately go to fear. What I explained in my book is that that what if that we're dealing with suddenly becomes, what if God's not capable? What if God doesn't know about this? Mm-hmm. What if God is not with my child? What if God is not God? And I know that's not what we want to be saying or thinking. Right. Right. And I know that's not what we want to model to others and our children that we're thinking. So we've got to turn those what-ifs upside down and look at the truth of the situation, the fact, not the fear. Look at the truth of the situation and then realize how to, to get through that situation without the fear and worry. Yeah. I actually have a, a chart, a couple charts in my chapter called Be Careful because that's a big what-if, isn't it? What if they get hurt? Yeah. What if, they're, right. what right. if they, yeah, they break their leg skiing? What if? And we have to look at what is true in a certain situation? Uh, perhaps what is true is your child's with a friend for the day. And what's feared is that your child is engaging in something inappropriate or dangerous or your child is going to need you and you're not going to know and not going to be there. And you need to reverse that and go, okay, what is true? My child is with somebody else and I'm fearing that God can't handle that. But the truth of that is God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that applies for your child as well. And so taking what we know about God and inserting it into where our fear is can help us focus on the facts of him and his character and not the fears and the worries. Yeah, I love it. In your book, you really do. You have some really great um, steps. You have some acronyms. You have stories. You have these charts that are all so helpful. You guys really need to check out this book. It is called 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom. The author here today with us is Cindy McManaman, and the website is strengthforthesoul.com. We're coming right back. Are you personally or do you know of a Christian woman speaker who would love to share a personal testimony or program at local women's events? Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, now receiving over 25,000 website hits a day by event planners everywhere. If you're a speaker, you need to be at Womenspeakers.com. There are free and paid listings available, but just be sure to get your contact information over there today. That's Womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is our Mother's Day special program, and happy Mother's Day to you. We're talking about how to become a worry-free mom, and our our guest today, Cindy McManaman, is from strengthsforthesoul.com, the author of the book, 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom. Cindy, we were talking before the break about the what-ifs, and now let's talk about the why this. And, And I actually am of the opinion that God doesn't mind at all if we ask for a why. He minds if we insist on one. <laughs> exactly. 
God <laughs> is not <laughs> obligated to give us answers. He, right. he does want the relationship where we can ask. He does. But yeah. He does. Right. Yeah, sometimes we won't get that answer, and we need to be okay with that. <laughs> right, right. And you actually have a four-step response. And you guys might be thinking, you know, there's a lot of steps here. There's not acronyms. But what I love about this is that when you get, to, when you get into this, these are all bringing you back to the same process. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of different ways to get there. And I think exactly. that there's ways suitable in this book for every personality, every temperament, every parental style, whether you're the hoverer or the, you know, the drill sergeant or whoever you are. I think there's something in here that you can take away that you can actually own it and apply it to your life. So that's, that's why I'm excited about all these different ways to think about this exact situation that we all face every day as a parent, which is worry. Okay, so go through your four-step response to the why this Okay, well, first of all, I got these four steps from a single mom named Kim whose teenage daughter was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer. Mm-hmm. So immediately she had to face that why this. And I thought instead of me thinking, oh, I'm worried about you know, my one child doing such and such, I'm going to go to one of those extreme situations that some of us might never have to deal with. But if we do, here's some solid principles that got this mom through that situation with peace. Her daughter is in complete remission now. Um, God worked through that situation, but she learned some things that I think are really helpful. And the first one was prioritize God's word. Um, Kim told me that her greatest source of comfort was God's word, that her devotional time would be the highlight of her day, and never it would never fail. She would read something in God's word that would be specific for that particular mm-hmm. situation or what they were dealing with. And God's word has a way of not returning empty to us. So when we invest our time in it, it's, it's actually an investment in, in our sanity, in our emotional stability, and being able to get through certain situations. So prioritize God's word. Get to know it. When we read it often, those words will come back to us. Sidney, have you heard a lot of gals say, and I've just heard this over and over, people who have gone through very extremely painful situations, um, either relationally, physically, financially, whatever, that they even like take their Bible to bed with them? Have you heard anybody say that ever? Yes. Yeah. The word becomes extremely <laughs> precious to us yeah, right. when sometimes it's, it's the only place where we can go. And And I remember that. I remember... Uh, being um, 19 years old, my parents had just divorced. I was raised in a Christian home. That one, I was blindsided, and, and I felt like the bottom was falling out from underneath me. And I was, I was at Hume Lake. I was actually a counselor for a high school camp there, church camp. And our devotional time took us to Isaiah uh, 55, and there, um, verses 8 through 11, and it started off, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord. And I thought, really? In other words, what God was saying through that is, I know what I am allowing here, and you just have to trust me. And it was a pivotal time in my life. And I remember just clutching my Bible to my chest, thinking, this is the only thing that ever could have comforted me, because it's like God reaching down to me saying, I understand and I'm going, to, I'm going to carry you through this. And I've had so many situations like that, and it's only come from his word, not from other people. Yeah, absolutely. I just did it uh, before I went to Africa. I ended up breaking my toes shortly before I went. And I remember just grabbing my Bible, holding it to my chest and saying, you got me, you got me, you've got me, you've got me. Holding <laughs> your Bible to your toe. That's so cute. My Bible to my God, to my toes, whatever. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, there just is this safe place that we can go when we're in a situation that seems just impossible to us. 
Like, how could this possibly work out? But, of course, it does work out. God just works it all out. So the, the second one is to pray. Pray continually. Pray continually, yes. Uh, Kim said, pray all the time and understand when you do, God might not answer your prayers the way you want. It's mm-hmm. his will, not ours. And, again, we pray because Philippians 4, 6 tells us, worry about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. And as you do that peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's why other people go, you know, isn't that a little irresponsible? What do you mean you're not upset? Well, because they right. don't understand that peace that only God can give, and that peace comes through prayer. And to pray continually, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. It means having that that constant, constant channels of communication open with God, talking to him as if he's right there in the room because he is. That's a comfort to us, and that can strengthen us as well. Right, and then and then there's the comp- the third P is the component of praise, um, mm-hmm. as we pray to praise God. So tell us about yeah. that. You know, in First Thessalonians five eighteen, it says, "In everything, give thanks," and that means in the good times and in the bad times. And anybody can praise God during the good times, but when we can praise Him during the bad times, when we can say, "God." This situation is fearful. I don't understand, but I know you are God, and I know you are good, and I know you will get through this, get me through this. And I thank you and praise you for what you are doing in the scope of this. When Kim told me, praise God for the good and the bad, she was coming from a perspective of being able to say, I wouldn't wish cancer again on my daughter, but I wouldn't trade this experience for anything because God brought my daughter and myself closer together and, my, and God put certain characteristics and qualities and priorities in my daughter's life that were never there before. Right. And right. he grew her and, and her character, and it's just amazing. And so, you know, part of that whole why this, why this, God sees things on an eternal scope, and we don't. Right. He's the only one that can really impact our children's lives eternally he can get in there and work the insides of their character in a way that we can't and that right there is a reason for praise that he can cause all things even the bad things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose yeah i love that i just love it and and then to um pursue a community of support which is something that you talked about earlier too mm-hmm. so i just i like to use the phrase that god loves body life he really, yeah. he, he's, he's the um, bridegroom of the Bride of Christ, the Church of mm-hmm. Christ, and he really likes us to partner with other people and not to be an island unto ourselves. And even though he is all sufficient, I have mm-hmm. found so many times in my life um, that it is, it is other people that he uses to provide for my needs. Yes. And I found, you probably have too, Marnie, in ministry, when you go to meet with somebody, maybe you're thinking, oh, I've got a busy day, I don't know if I can really do this, but I'm going to meet with this person and try to help them. And God uses that situation for them to comfort and encourage and motivate <laughs> you. You know, <laughs> kind of what goes yeah, around comes right, around. Right, right. Yeah. You come away from that saying, wow, I really needed that sense of community today. I could have stayed in my office all day and just gotten into God's Word and done my individual quiet time. Right. But God was able to do something amazing when I got together with somebody else. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. In 1987, God prompted me to put away my watch and my clock and to let him budget my time. And from then on, I wasn't to actually look at the clock. I was to just trust him with my time. Well, I remember one day we were getting ready to walk out the door to a piano lesson for my daughter, and a car pulled up, and it was a lady that had just lost a child recently. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Because I need to get to the piano lesson. You know how those are. But she obviously... Um, needs me too. So I don't know what to do. And I just was at complete peace to just go and talk to her. So I just walked out the front. We met on the front porch, sat down, and we had a lovely talk for a couple minutes. Then all of a sudden, Cindy, she looked at her phone, her, her watch, and she said, oh my goodness, I have to go. I'm going to be late. Well, I walked in the house and I said, okay, come on, you guys, we got to go right now, right now, we got to go. And out the wow. back door we went and we went and we arrived at the piano teacher's house. And this was in her home that she's doing lessons. And she was a very prompt person. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, a little nervous about being so late. But we walked to the door, and as she opened the door, she's holding her baby, and she said, unbelievable, you are always on time. But today, right at the time we were supposed to start the lesson, the baby made this huge mess in her pants. I just got done cleaning it up. And you know what, Cindy, that's what we find when we trust yeah. Jesus. It's weird. It's wacko. God engineered but it all the circumstances, <laughs> and you were right on time in everything I was there. Right on time. That's right, and wow. it's amazing. The next thing we want to talk about here for a few minutes is about change. About when things are changing around us, when the world's changing, when our kids are changing, when we're changing, when uh, the jobs are changing, and everything. And how do you not worry through that? And you actually have some insight into that. So maybe just launch launch us into a couple things that will help us get through those seasons of change. Well, you know, um, our kids go through the questioning stage and the why stage, and then they go through the testing stage, and then they go through the know-it-all stage. And there are so <laughs> many stages, the temper tantrums or the teenage rebellion and lack of motivation. And, you know, like Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. (laughs) There's a season for everything. But what it doesn't say is that there's a season of worry or doubt. Uh, And that's because there's there's never need to worry for things like that. So I talk about surviving the winds of change. And the first one is learn to respond rather than react. It is so easy for a mom to just react. As women, we tend to be emotional, and we can raise our voice and escalate a situation. Um, We can react by saying, you know, why are you doing this to me? What would make you do that? Sometimes when we question in that way, it puts the other person on the defense. Um, I quoted Dr. Kevin Lehman from his book, Have a New Kid by Friday. Mm. He says that... uh, responding is what we need to do instead of reacting. If you think of in terms of if you reacted to your medication, that's not good. But if you responded to your medication, that is a good thing. Hmm. And to respond is to just kind of slow down and instead of reacting to maybe um, just calmly ask, well, what makes you... uh, what made you say that or what are you thinking or why would you like to do that? You know, if your child says, I'm going to color my hair green, you know, to just react and say that's the silliest thing I've ever heard, you can say, well, what makes you, what makes you decide that you want to do that? Do you really like green or let's talk about this. Maybe we can find another color or okay, I'm okay with your green. I mean, however we're going to do that. But instead of reacting, to something that your child might say from a bad attitude or from something irrational, respond by saying, tell me more about that. Then you're having a conversation. 
um, you're not going head to head with a in a war zone there. Hmm. A couple of the things that you suggest in the book are learn to laugh about it, learn to count it out, and counting it out <laughs> is important because actually you do have an actual physical response to a stress uh, right. when something comes at you that you're not expensive. Your, your body actually responds. You need some time yeah. to settle that. Um, you need to learn from moms who've been there and, of course, mm-hmm. again, to lean on God's word. We're going to come back in just a moment and talk about how to move from being a warrior to a warrior and also a reasonable plan to help you replace worry. We'll be right back. Are you an author or do you know someone who would like to see their book published as soon as possible? Join us at Marnie.com for author training. You will learn how to write it well, get great graphics, attract an agent, format it for e-readers, get good reviews, connect with libraries, and market via media. All over at the author training at Marnie.com. Check it out today. Oh my goodness, this hour is flying by and we are having so much fun with the author of 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom. The website is Strength for the Soul and welcome back to you, Cindy. Let's go ahead right now and talk about the difference between a worrier and a warrior. Okay, that, so that, I mean, that's a great, <laughs> I love those two <laughs> words because those are very clearly different. I mean, I just can't see a warrior, you know, shriveling behind a, a, a rock with his sword right. You know, shaking like a leaf. You know, that's a scared warrior or whatever. But, Uh I mean, when we're supposed to be a warrior, we're supposed to be brave. We're supposed to be the ones that are out there, you know, paving the way and and being the role model of trusting God. So kind of talk to us about how to get from one to the other. Uh, Whether you're a warrior or a warrior means whether you panic or pray. And um, Mm -hmm. the warrior is the one who dwells on the what if. You know, and the warrior is the one who, as I wrote in my book, storms the gates of hell to remind the enemy in Jesus' name who that child really belongs to. So are we going to worry or are we going to pray? Um, a worry, it, it, it depends on what we think. A worrier will say, you know, what will this lead to? And a warrior prays and says, this is something this child can learn from. I've got, again, another chart there. And to go from warrior to warrior is to apply Philippians 4.6. Instead of worrying, pray about everything. And with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what that looks like is, God, I'm really worried about what my kid is doing right now. But I know that this doesn't take you by surprise. And I thank you that you are in control of everything and that you can use everything in my child's life for his or her benefit. And so... Would you get my child through this in a way that glorifies you? There we've got the component of the um, the thanksgiving, the request, the praying rather than worrying. And yet verse 8 in that, uh, that passage tells us how that peace comes to us and how we can just not worry but pray, pray about everything. And that tells us to focus on what's true, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely. And when you think about that, those are all the characteristics of Christ. He is pure. He is right. He is true. He is Mm -hmm. lovely. He is excellent. He is praiseworthy. Thinking on God and his character. So again, instead of doing the worrying, um, we take that over and then we begin to, first of all, dwell on the best, not the worst of what's going to happen. 
Yeah. We can. Uh, we then need to distinguish between fear and discernment. You said early on when this uh, when this program opened that it's natural in a sense for us to be concerned, and I truly believe that the Holy Spirit will nudge us sometimes not to give us fear, because God does not give us the spirit of fear, but to to nudge our hearts to pray. God wants His people to pray to seek him, and then he goes to work, and then we end up praising him because of what he did. He wanted to accomplish that thing beforehand. He just wanted us to pray and go through the process to see it happen. And so we need to distinguish between fear and discernment. If you are woken up in the middle of the night because of something that you think that your child might be doing, that's not God giving you a sense of fear. That's the Holy Spirit saying pray. Right. Right You're thinking of that child. And and I have stories in my book of of things like that that happened. Oh, I've heard so many stories, too, from people who have um, bolted upright in the middle of the night and immediately Mm -hmm. began praying. And they found out later there was a reason they needed to be praying. Another thing is uh, we can be a a warrior, not a worrier, when we don't care what other people think. Um, People don't understand your situation. And, And oftentimes, other people are quick to criticize. And when we know where we are with God, we know we're talking about it with God and we're trusting God, then we don't have to give another person the answer that we think that they might want. And we don't need to worry about our reputation with them. People will always tell us the better things that they've done or they think that we should do. But if we're talking about this with God first, we can be that warrior and say, I know who my commanding officer is and I know how to get through this fight. Mm, that's so, and then that's finally, so cool. yeah. I encourage moms, don't, don't give up on them. Um, hmm. Love them unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. He never gives up on us. And to truly be a warrior is to stay there on our knees and to continue to pray for that child, to continue to pray for God's best in that child's life, and to not give up and say this is useless. A warrior goes the distance. Hmm. And I love so, how first... Corinthians thirteen seven says, love um, endures all things, uh, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And yeah. that's what we have to be in prayer sometimes. Absolutely. I love in your chart that you have in here the difference between a warrior and a worrier. On the worrier side, it's kind of interesting. When you guys listen to these questions that a worrier is asking or saying, um, <laughs> listen, for the, listen for the self-focus here. Number one, why would you do this to me? Number two, what will other people say? Number three, your chances at a great life are over now. Number four, where did you learn that kind of behavior? Mm-hmm. It's all about me and how I perceive right. things. Whereas the warrior side of things says, this is not about me. This is about my child's heart. Or God, this is about you and my child. Or God forgives and restores and gives you chance after chance after chance. Or uh-huh. we all have sinned, myself included, but this does not define us. I just love that. And it's so important that we remember that we do have a choice in those situations, that we can be warrior or warrior. As we come to the close of the program here, you actually provide a reasonable plan to replace worry. And, of course, the whole book is that. But um, Uh at the end, kind of toward the end, you sum it up in this reasonable plan. Can you go through that with us? Yes. uh, There will be times that you cannot rush in and rescue your child. And so this is what you do instead. Replace your fear with God's truth. Um, We might fear 
the worst possible scenario, but replace it with God's truth where he says, I know the plans I have for you. Um, I can work all things together for good. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Second thing is rely on God's promises. When we know the truth of God's word, we can rely on it during times of uncertainty uncertainty and in my book I actually have a prayer guide to take you through for praying for your child every day of the week and it's got lots of those promises from God's word the third thing is rally with other moms in prayer again being part of a mom's group can can strengthen you it can keep you praying it can keep you in a place where you are upheld the Bible says two are better than one because when one falls the other can help hold them up and we need other moms to hold us up Mm, so beautiful. At the end of each chapter, you have a putting it into practice section, and I just want to have us pray together right now. And you listeners, just put your own children's names in here. Um, we'll put ours in, and um, I'm not going to read where the Bible verses are in the Bible as I go through this prayer right now, but just know that these are scripture prayers that we're praying right now for our kids. So just join with me in this short prayer um, from page 191 of this book. Lord, You say that you will fight for my kids. I need only to be still. So fight for my kids in the situation in which you know that they need you. Be their rock of refuge to which they can always go. Give the command to save them, for you are their rock and their fortress. Deliver each of them, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. When they pass through the waters, be with them. And when they pass through the rivers, they will not be swept over. When they walk through the fire, they will not be burned, and the flames will not set them ablaze. Thank you that your word says that no weapon forged against my children will prevail. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is their vindication. Finally, your word says that each of my kids can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. Strengthen each of my children by name, Mark, Karen, and Tim, and Scott for me, in your name. Amen. Oh, so beautiful. Well, I can't thank you enough for writing this book. I've written some books myself, and you know, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Thank you so much for writing this book and sharing these insights, Cindy. It's just really a great tool, and uh, your heart is so obvious that, um, you know, you just want to steer us back into the loving arms of Jesus. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks for your enthusiasm about the book, too. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. And you guys, you need to go check out Cindy's stuff over at strengthforthesoul.com. That's strengthforthesoul.com. You can find her book, 10 Secrets to Becoming a Worry-Free Mom, over there. And Cindy, is there anything else at that website that they might want to check out while they're there? I have lots of free articles of encouragement about marriage, about being a single parent, about just walking with God, about parenting, anything that you would need there. Um, You can read all through that, get a sample of my writing, and uh, be encouraged. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for joining us today. Can't have a radio program without listeners. So grateful for all you guys who show up every week and make this show possible. And to those of you who listen to the archives or listen around the web on the syndicated station and on the personal listener boxes on on, uh, websites, thank you to you. And for those of you who host those, thanks to you also. Have a wonderful rest of your day, a happy Mother's Day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.